Man, what a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, we're going to get started this morning. Uh, we have a baptism this morning we're excited about. And so I'm going to turn your attention to the tank. And would you welcome me, Josh? Well, Pastor John first. <laughs> what a cool privilege. And then Josh will be right here with him. Church family, would you welcome Josh this morning? Church family, before I have the opportunity to baptize my brother uh, this morning, I just want to remind you of the spiritual reality that's already transpired. Water baptism does not save you. Christening does not save you. Uh, a priest is not necessary. But this is a, a, a symbol that Christ instituted to echo the reality of the full gospel of Jesus Christ. It's identifying with Christ. So this water is symbol, symbolizes the earth. And when Christ died, he was put into the earth. And then when he was resurrected, he came up out of the earth. And so Josh is identifying today saying that my salvation is based upon the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And when Christ died, I died with him. And when Christ got up, I got up with him. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So I want to ask you just a few questions this morning, Josh. I already know the answer, but for a public profession. Do you believe that Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing that you can do. We're helpless and hopeless. But God calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Salvation is not by the will of men. It's not that you chose God. It's God chose you. It's not that you found God. It's God found you. So we don't add nothing to it, do we? Nope. nope. The blood of Jesus alone. Yes, sir. In Christ alone. Well, Josh, it is my pleasure and privilege this morning, brother. Here, hold your wrist like this. Big boy, I got to get some grip here. <laughs> it is my pleasure to baptize you because of your profession of faith in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Yes! 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 All right, buddy. Praise the Lord! Hey man, let's sing together. Man, what a great reminder of our own hearts and our own lives, amen? That we were dead in our trespasses, that we were utterly hopeless, without hope. Jesus gives us a picture of Lazarus, who's three days dead in the tomb. No man can help him. There's nothing that can help him. He needs a God intervention, a God miracle. And Jesus steps in and does it. Amen? That he brings us from death to life. And that his resurrection power is alive in us so that we can live with him forever. Amen? Heavenly Father, thank you for a reminder today of what you have done in our hearts. God, of the power and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ in us. We celebrate you today, Lord Jesus, that again, renew in us, God, the fervency of our salvation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
hands together and worship the Lord this morning. challenge to just sing songs that were just 
truth. Can anybody use some truth right now in this world? Amen. Just some truth. So these songs are fancy, but they're full of God's truth and His goodness. So if you'll sing these out with us this morning. Perfect wisdom, my highest. 
my shepherd he goes before me y'all sing these truths out with us today defender behind me
here's this promise. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your family be careful not to get caught up in the facts around us and miss out on the truth that's inside of you the truth the truth the facts are and were prophesied that in the last hour before Christ returned that darkness would cover the land and gross darkness would cover the people but the truth is that the children of God would rise and shine and his glory would be seen on them it is not our responsibility to fix the world it's to shine to shine pure and to shine bright and to shine joyfully and to shine contently and to shine uh, confident. You gotta, you know that story, see I had to be careful I don't preach before I preach, that's my problem. Do you, do you remember the story when Jesus was walking to the disciples on the water and they said, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. Be careful not to expect evil before you expect God. Be careful. 
Was there a storm? Yes. Were they in danger? Yes. Is there reason for concern? Yes. But why wouldn't you be looking for God? That's my So don't lie. God doesn't get any glory in you lying about anything. Say, what's the world? You know, they said there'd be a handbag, you know? They said, that's a joke. They said there'd be a handbag. You know, it's the world has just lost its collective mind and soul. So, I'm not ignoring it. I just choose to lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help always has and always will come from the Lord. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. And he that keeps Israel and his church does not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. And the Lord is the shade upon your right hand. I don't expect the sun to smite me by day nor the moon by night. The Lord's going to preserve me from all evil and preserve my soul. He's going to preserve my going out and my coming in from this day forward and forevermore. So when they say, how's it going? You look around. How do you think it's going? How are you doing? I'm good. Because the kingdom of God in me is a stronger and more eternal reality than the worldly kingdom around me. Would you close your eyes with me this morning just to block out who those around you and just want you just to think about the Lord of what you know of him in scripture. Isaiah said in the year that King Uzziah died, we could say in the year of the pandemic, in the year of uh, blatant godlessness, in the year of uh, freedoms being lost and all over the world in a, in a year where everyone is confused and perplexed and the heathen rage could it be said of you today in that year 2021 I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up and his train fills the temple King Jesus you're it for us you're the author and the finisher of our faith our hope is in you all our eggs are in your basket. And Lord, you know when you called me to ministry, you just got a simple boy. I'm no polish, not much to look at and listen to. I just figured this, Lord, if you can't keep me, I'm not going to be kept. But knowing that it's you that's keeping me, I think I'm just going to live in peace and rest. Knowing that can't nothing happen to me that doesn't go through the hands of my God. Blessed be your great name. And saints, if it's in your heart to do this, with no one looking around, would you just lift your hands to him? This is what this symbolizes. David is the one that started this. He said, I don't want to offer you just grain and lambs and bulls and birds. I want to give you me. And I just lift my empty hands as a symbol of myself. I am yours and you are mine. Is it in your heart to say that I am yours and you are mine? I'm yours today. I'm yours today. Lord, we need you so bad. We need your presence. We need you, Lord. Draw us near to you. Hold us closely. Let us not be confused in this last hour. It's not a church. It's not a man. It's not a priest. It's not a pastor. It's not a pope. It's Christ, the living God that we look to. Help us to shine brightly, Lord, in a world that's so afraid. 
Lord, I know the pandemic's real. I see the hospital's full. But aren't you real too, God? Shouldn't there be a, a peace in our heart? And I just thank you for that today. We want to honor you in this house. May this church, this local church, and the people that make it up, may our lives shout the fame of the Son of God. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And all God's people together said, would you give the Lord the shout of the morning this morning, would you? Glory! Glory! You may be seated this morning. everybody. My name is Kelly Wood. On behalf of my husband John and the rest of our staff here at Christ Chapel, we want to say good morning and welcome to you guys. Especially if you're a first-time visitor with us today, I hope that you are greeted warmly as you walked in the door. I know our greeting team has been praying for you all week, and um, if we happen to miss you as you walked in, if you'd be sure as you're exiting the building, if you'd stop by our greeting table, we just have a gift that we want to put in your hands. Um, we won't track you down, but we would like to ask you if anybody on our greeting team or one of our elders uh, can visit with you. Um, but we just want that to be your choice. So we're open to serve you in whatever ways that we can. And um, we're just very glad you're here. Um, they're going to go ahead and play our announcement video to give you a little idea of the things that we've got going on this week at the church. And then we'll take up our tithes and offerings. Good morning. We just wanted to let you know we are in need of help in our early childhood areas. If you would be willing to serve even once a month, please contact our security desk or sign up on the app. And coming up for our Rangers, September 8th is the last day to sign up for powwow. If you're interested in that, please pick up a packet in our student center. And also on Wednesday, September 8th is our fall kickoff for our Wednesday night discipleship classes, and we would love to see you there. For more information, you can visit us at ChristChapelMacon.com or Facebook and Instagram at ChristChapelMacon. All right, guys, we're going to continue our time of worshiping the Lord by giving our tithes and offerings. So take a moment uh, before you come up to the front and pray with your family over your giving. And um, as the music plays, we've got the baskets up here.
Church family, before we get into the preached word this morning, uh, if the Lord tarries, I want to give you a week to prepare uh, to bless a lifelong friend of mine, but a fellow minister. Um, his name is uh, Mike Bruner. Uh, I've known Big Mo since, uh, oh, great day, the 80s when we were youth pastors and doing uh, youth camps uh, together. Um, so much I want to say. Um, the older I get, I, I resist people that I think are manipulating me. And they're trying to work me. Mike's the kind of guy that would never, ever do that. He has been sick for years. And with that has come the unemployment that goes with that and medical bills. And I just asked him the other day, I said, Buddy, can I ask you just a personal question? He said, Sure. I said, uh, how are you making it? How are you? He just paused. He said, uh, it's real tight right now. That's all he said. So now here's a guy I've been sick for years, and every time I talk to him on the phone, you know, he's, man, I listened to that sermon. That was so good. How's your church doing? He just would never ask. And I, I really did feel the Lord prompt me to offer to help. And uh, I've never set up a GoFundMe. I didn't know how to do it. You know, some people do one a week. You know, for their friends, cousins, auntie, grandma, you know, everybody. Uh, but we've had over five grand come in already on that. And uh, I would like for us, I unapologetically will take offerings for other people. We don't need it for here. God takes care of us. We don't need the special stuff. But next week, would you plan on blessing him, a fellow minister that... It's kind of like it just, it's just the right thing to do. It's a good thing to do. And completely vetted, uh, not one nickel will go to waste. And so um, it's my joy to be able to use this platform to uh, help my good friend and friend to so many over the years. So next week. Stand with me, if you will, and turn your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles 29. Are we on the screens? Is the word, the word of God up there? There we go. First Chronicles. Somebody said, where is that? Help us. Look. Go to Psalms and turn left, and you'll find it back a little bit. First Chronicles chapter 29. I love this portion of Scripture. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, which means he stood up in front of everybody, and this is what he said. Blessed be thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. For thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. And all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and you reign over all. And in your hand, say that with me, and in your hand is power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, he's saying, having said that, after thinking about that, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. One more verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you'll turn there in your New Testament. First Corinthians 15, verse 57. 
Are you there? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Contextually, it's speaking about victory over death, but it gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, in our Lord Jesus Christ, by our Lord Jesus Christ. For thine, O Lord, is the power and the glory and the victory. Now thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. Early on in my salvation, people used to talk about walking in faith and victory. You don't hear that no more. Victory does not mean that every battle in life turns out like you want. Victory means that after the day ends, you still have a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in Jesus Christ. That is the victory. Elisha, would you come pray over Daddy this morning? Would you mind, preacher man? Come here. I'm so glad to have you in here today. Would you pray for Daddy? God, I thank you for all the wonderful days we have had, and I hope any day will be the best day you ever had in your life. And I hope this day will be a good day. And I hope this will be a good day to remember. Amen. Amen. Thank you, buddy. You may be seated. We still ain't got around to praying for Daddy, but we're going to get there. Hey, goodness, we're going to get there. In the church, we are often guilty of one of two extremes. We either don't teach something, or it seems like it's overtaught. And by overtaught, I mean added to, blown up out of context to say something that it doesn't say. To have the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ does not mean that all of my faucets pour Kool-Aid. It does not mean that my dog never gets sick, that I don't suffer persecution. It doesn't mean that everything turns out comfortable that's not what victory is you've also got some that feel they don't even mention the victory that's found in Christ you know you just it's a hard old way you know and uh, just a few more weary days and then I'll fly and I love I'll fly away don't write me no letters I like the song but how about just a few more glorious days just a few more faith-filled days yeah this life is hard but you got people that don't expect any victory and others that don't expect any problems. And I felt the Lord drop in my heart this week to clarify what victory is and let you know that there is no excuse not to have victory. Victory is a heart thing. It's an internal thing. And yes, it works its way out in, the, uh, in our experience. And I'll get to that in a moment. Yes, it does. But it's an, etern- an internal thing first. It's a mind that is so set on God that it understands that if, if the earth be removed and the mountains be thrown into the sea, there still is a river inside of me that makes my soul glad. That lets me know that though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. I don't have a plan B. My victory is not about getting everything near perfect. It's about keeping everything near Jesus. That's victory. That I am God's and God is mine. That's victory. That I can't go anywhere. That I'm not in his sight or in his care. That all the promises of God are still what? Yes. 
And amen, not might and hope so. Yes, and amen. Victory can't be shared. See, my victory can encourage you, but you have to have your own. You have to have your own nearness. The sap of God has to flow through you, from him to you. He's the vine, you're the branch. You have to have connectivity, and that sap has to flow. Only two points this morning, because my introduction was long, and we're going to beat everybody to SNS and wherever we're going, so we'll all be good. I want to talk to you two things about personal victory. If you're taking notes, you can go ahead and do your headings. Personal victory begins with revelation. And personal victory requires personal battles. It begins with revelation and requires personal battles. The type A Christian believes victory primarily is effort. Now the type B, C, and all those other people, they want God to do everything. Type A wants to do everything. And the other type wants God to do everything. But somewhere in the balance is the, the teaching of God's Word that's supposed to be paramount and primary in our life. All victory begins with revelation. Where God's Word comes from logos, it, it goes from being just written and information to revelation to you. It becomes the fabric of your soul. It becomes your anchor, your foundation. 1 John 5, 4, listen to this. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, your faith in God. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. If you believed that, you would never be afraid of going under. I can't go under. I can dip under. Like you, Any of you have been in a pool or something, you take a, a beach ball or a volleyball or something, you can push it underwater, but if you let go... It comes up. I am not kept by my grip on God. I am kept by God's grip on me. I overcome. I overcome because I'm in him and he is the supreme overcomer. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If you don't have that basis, then you're depending on how you feel and your willpower and your efforts to make it. How are you doing today? Well, I'm trying to make it. That's scary. Knowing mine and your track record, that's scary. Now, we're going to get to our part in the participation of it. But revelation is the key to you experiencing the victory that Christ has already won. Revelation. This is the victory that overcometh the world. Think of your greatest fear, your greatest problem your greatest unanswered questions, and your greatest lack. Think of that area. And then understand that what over, that's in the world. Anything that's in the world. All those things are in the world. Your physical problems are in the world. Marital problems are in the world. Financial problems. Everything that's in the world, God says. So get it as, 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 a, as a flashcard of truth. The thing that overcomes all of that is your belief system about God. Faith cometh by and hearing by the word of God. So if God said he will never leave me nor forsake me, then I am never left nor forsaken. 
If God said the eye of the Lord is upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry, when the righteous cry, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all, you didn't hear me, all their trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. That's me. That's you. And above all, taking the shield of faith, your belief system about God. So no matter what you hear on the television, no matter what your neighbor says, no matter what your employer says, no matter what the devil says, that faith can squelch, quench those arrows. It doesn't mean you're going to stop getting shot at. Oh, John believes. The devil said, oh, just leave him alone. He's got a shield. No, he's still coming for you and coming after us. But your belief system you got to see God more clearly than you see the world. you got to know what his word says. So when you feel alone, you say, well, this feeling's a lie because uh, he paid too much for me to leave me alone. I wasn't redeemed with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of the Son of God who gave himself for me. All real victory, divine, temporal, and eternal, belongs to and is found in Christ by Christ. So... Before you deal with your situation, you need to see Christ coming into the world to redeem man. He's the creator of the world, so there's all your power. He's the re redeemer. He was the giving the sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. He was in the Father accepting the sacrifice. He's the victory. When David said, all that is heaven and earth is yours, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory and the victory. You're it. So now I've reduced all of the complexities of life to this. Am I in him? Am I of him? And am I for him? So if I'm in him, let's see, let's see what I got in him. We're reaching here. It's scary when it's dark. Okay, here's a pen. Here's John. Or, well, here's, here's the, that'll confuse you. I'm John. See, I've confused myself. This is John. This is a pen. Now watch. The pen is in me. So if I walk over here, the pen goes with me. I see, am I not profound? Am I, this is just, this, this is who you have as a pastor. He's just, this is the way I figure it. And it's worked for me. Almost 60 years I've lived knowing the Lord as a little boy. Watch. So if I'm in you, I'm where you are. I'm doing what you're doing. I'm sharing in all that you are. Oh, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. All victory is experienced. See, it's one in time past, in eternity. It's experienced in the present by faith. I share in his victory as I believe. That does not mean my circumstances always change. Don't forget in Hebrews 11, there were those that believed fully in God. And they were torn in half. They were cut asunder. They lived in sheepskins and goatskins and in caves. And the world wasn't worthy of them. But they had a good report through faith, the Bible said. They believed. They weren't delivered in this lifetime, but they had the victory. They had the victory inside of them that says, I'm looking for a new city whose builder and maker is God. And we'll, they told Paul, we'll kill you. He said, would you? Well, I said, it sure solved my problems because I've been torn between helping the churches or going to be with Jesus. And if you'd knock me off, that'd really help me. What do you do with somebody like that? Absolutely nothing.
Because you can't touch what God has buried under their fifth rib. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. That's my victory. Listen to this. All my type A's, just wave at me. This will be good for you. Confession's good for the soul. Okay. This victory is a shared victory more than it is an acquired victory. Victory is granted before it's realized. You are not becoming victorious. You are experiencing his victory. Now, I've got to flesh it out, and we're going to get there in just a moment. But it's not an acquired victory. I'm just fighting for the victory. No, you've missed it. I'm in him, and he's victorious. I'm very careful when I say, you know, I felt the Lord say, or I'm scared of the people that say, thus saith the Lord all the time. It just causes me to tremble. It's like a greater judgment. But you know what his voice sounds like to you, the whispers in your heart or uh, some thought that's uninvited and it comes and makes itself pronounced on you. I remember uh, years ago watching uh, parts of a Super Bowl game and after it was over, you know, you got the champions out on the field and the confetti's falling. And, you know, they're just got their helmets and they're happy. And then it cuts to the losing team. And I, I saw a, a big man, you know, 250, 60 pounds, just fall to the earth. And he was just, his face was in his hands. And I say this reverently, but I felt the whisper of the Lord say to me, I don't know what that feels like. And I felt like I was on holy ground. I just turned the TV off. Never felt it. Something shift, Lance, in me. I said, never felt it. In my omniscience, I know what defeat is. But I ain't never felt it. I am the victorious Lord. And I was like, and if I'm in you, I can lose on the outside and stay buoyant on the inside. How can I experience your victory today, O oh Lord? Am I near enough? Am I walking in the same pathway? How do I know I'm going to come out of this? Because you're attached to the only one that's coming out of this. Christ the Lord. Victory is found in our nearness to, our confidence in, and our empowerment by the Lord. You're going to learn that all this new revelation is just new age. Our victory is found in our nearness to Jesus, our confidence in Jesus, and the empowerment that flows to us from Jesus. He's the vine, we're the branch. That sap flows. My peace comes from Jesus. He is my peace. My righteousness comes from Jesus. My confidence comes from Jesus. My security, my wisdom. Christ has made unto us wisdom. He's all these things. And again, I think I said this a moment ago, but our necessity in this hour is not to fix everything to near perfect. It's to get everything near Jesus, to be in Him, to be of Him, by Him. Let your answer be Jesus. We used to teach that, you know, years ago as a little boy in Sunday school. Y'all remember, those of us that are 50 and older, y'all remember the lady that taught Sunday school and give you one vanilla wafer at the end? We were on rations, you know, and one little... Dixie cup of Kool-Aid, and you're like, Lord, if I can make it to the wafer, I'll be. She wasn't always anointed, but she was faithful, you know. And had them wafers. <laughs> Y'all remember. And you try to swap. You give me your wafer today, I'll give you mine next week. Knowing you wouldn't come in next week. But um, she said, what? 
what would you answer if I asked you what was gray and had a fuzzy tail and lived in the tree and gathered nuts for the winter? What would you answer? Little boy says, uh, it sounds like a squirrel, but I know it's Jesus. Because it's the answer is Jesus in this class. Everything's Jesus. It don't matter what you ask. Jesus. It's Jesus. When did we lose that? Why do I have to go find a preacher that's visiting two states away? And if I can just stay for four hours and let him put his hands on me, then I might find something I couldn't find in Jesus. In Jesus. I just need Pastor John. Listen, I am honored to serve here. I will pray with you about everything. And if you ask me to pray for you, absolutely. But you don't need no Pastor John. God is not so short-sighted that he would put something in your life you needed that could die in a minute. What you need is to know Jesus. And to, to be in him close and uh, breathing heaven's air. They took notice of them that they had been with Jesus. Man, we got to get back to the simplicity that one of the reasons we're not victorious is we are carrying the burden of winning. And we've not seen the Lord seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. See, I've done decided. I'm going to end this life and you're not going to be much impressed with me. And that's okay. Because I am not on a journey to win the approval of men, but to catch the eye of God and to win his approval. Do you have the victory? It is impossible to believe something divine that has not been revealed. And it is impossible to have revelation and not think you will have to prove it in experience. Our battles are real. They're numerous. They're diverse. They're relentless and ever-changing. Our battles that we face are systematic, they're strategic, they're violent, and they're cruel. They can pop up with no warning or be seen coming a mile in advance. Some of our trials, our tests, our battles are for weeks, some are for months, some are years, and some have lasted a lifetime. But what you need to rehearse to yourself till it becomes second nature are these three things. This and every battle is not your battle. But the Lord's. Well, what do you mean they're his? I'm saying, well, you have to fight them out. But when he says, I've already given you the land, then the victory is yours. Now you got to flesh it out. Don't confuse fleshing it out with winning the battle. I got to fight. I've got to persevere. I've got to continue. I've got to sacrifice. I've got to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, but I ain't got to win. My God has already won. That's revelation. The battle is already won in time. I told you the first thing, this battle is not your battle, it's the Lord. The battle is already won in time. And number three, but you're going to have to flesh it out in the present. You remember a couple years ago when Georgia had a winning record? I talked to y'all uh, Thank you. You know, I didn't get to watch one game, but you recorded on the DVR, uh, and, you know, you watch it later, and you tell people, don't tell me, don't tell me what happens, and then somebody post on Facebook, can't believe Georgia came back and won, you know, and you, so anyway, so you're watching something on the DVR, okay, and you know, because you saw it on ESPN the next day that Georgia won, 
but your buddy's watching it with you two days late on Tuesday. Y'all are sitting there, and he is freaking out about the game. Ah, I can't believe armchair quarterback. You know, never coached a day in his life. But he knows more than the offensive coordinator. He knows more than the coach. He knows more than, you know, all the professionals. He, he just knows how to win. He's just freaking out. There's not enough time left. They're going to lose. And you're sitting over here with information that he doesn't have. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Aren't you worried? There's a minute and 10 seconds to go. We're down by eight. What's your problem? We win. <laughs> what do you mean we win? Just look. Just look. I, I, I saw it on ESPN yesterday. Do you understand you're watching today something that was decided in eternity? Mm -hmm. Weak people are made strong. Broken people are made well. Alienated people are accepted in the beloved. We rise from the quagmire of this world because Christ rose and we are in him. Thank you. Amen. Number two, personal victory requires personal battles. Of course you are struggling. Of course you're in a battle. It's a war going on. For there to be a victory means there has to be a war. And for there to be a war must mean there has to be two, at least two sides. We're at war with the world. We're at war with the spirit of the world. We're at war with spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We're at war with our mind. Some of you haven't entered into the victory of your mind because you won't cast down the vain thoughts that vaunt itself against the knowledge of God. God said, I've already given you uh, peace, love, and a sound mind. It's one for you. Well, I don't have it. It's because you haven't realized it. You have, you've got to, you have to fight not to win it, but to experience it. We battle with our flesh, our will, and our lust, self, sin, and our weaknesses, and our frame. We have to fight. Our fight is up to us. But our fate is up to God. Fight. How long are you going to make excuses for that besetting sin? Well, I sought the Lord. I asked him to deliver, deliver me from it, and he just won't. Whoa, 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 whoa. How many times have you heard that or said that? I asked the Lord to, to do something with this, to just free me from this, and he won't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to fight. What we want to say is, what we should say is, I have not experienced deliverance in this because I haven't been willing to suffer enough to break free. That's what we need to say. <laughs> Any previous smokers or drinkers in the house besides me, I wasn't a smoker, but I can't, I can't do that, but drink, okay. Y'all remember when you stopped smoking? And you go get you a little pack of mints, and you went, that ain't going to work. I got to go to Sam's. I got to get me some. You get a dolly of mints. You got it on. <laughs> you bringing it out. Boxes and boxes and, you know, you twitching. And everybody, how are you? I'm good. How are you? you? You had to work through some stuff. I'm not making light of us, but some of us that have had DTs before, trying to break out of drinking, 
Did Christ deliver me? Absolutely. Did I have to go through withdrawals and deny myself? Absolutely. But I wasn't trying to obtain a victory. I was pushing myself to enter into a victory. There is a difference between the two. He said sin will not have dominion over you. That's what Jesus said. So if sin has dominion over you, who's lying? Well, he just won't deliver me. No, you won't suffer enough to walk out. Yeah, I'm, I'm close. I can feel the demons just... I remember when I gave my life to the Lord and I repented of my sins. I was living with someone at the time and I came home and told them that I'd given my life to Christ and I'd repented. And they said, well, I guess we can't live together no more. I said, well, no, generally that'd be how it works. Yeah, you know. So she said, well, you just go straight to hell. All right. So I've been living with the Lord for about an hour. Done lost my girlfriend. Okay. And, uh, you know. And I'm not trying to be funny here, I promise. But when you're used to giving your body what it wants, when it wants, how it wants, and you're sleeping with someone outside of marriage, and you're a young person, and you're governed by hormones, and then all of a sudden, you want to live chaste. Do you think he delivered me from hormones and lust at 23, 24? He just delivered me, and I don't see women. I'm so strong. No, no. <laughs> but that's, you think people think like this. If I'm, if I'm walking right, then I'm, t the proof of, that I'm walking close to the Lord is I'm not tempted. No, the proof that I'm walking with the Lord is I can walk out of anything that used to own me. And by God's grace, by God's grace, from two days after I got saved, until today, I've never committed immorality, sexual immorality with another person. That doesn't boast in me. It was just letting you know I came that way where you were drunk four or five nights a week for seven years and then you stopped drinking. Where you slept around with those that you weren't in covenant with and then your sexual pleasure was not allowed. And yes, there were sufferings, but my sufferings didn't earn the victory. It was the cost of victory. He that suffereth, the Bible said, ceases from sin. So what is that sin that you make excuse for? After today, you can no longer lay it at the feet of God. It's at your feet. Any practiced sin. Now, we all sin. Everybody in agreement with that? We all sin. But we all don't have to live in sin. And this idea, well, you don't understand, John. I've just been alone for so long, you, I, you know, you don't understand. There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. Doesn't that kind of take the drama out of it? No one knows. No one knows how lonely. It's common. What do you mean? Your trial. It's common. It doesn't mean it's not horrible, but it's common. You have the level of victory in your life today that you believe for and are willing to suffer for. To enjoy the sanctity of marriage, you have to keep yourself to one person. You have to deny the fleshly cravings, emotional cravings, to enter into the intimacy of someone else. Do you see what I'm saying? So our suffering doesn't purchase it. 
it, but it, it, it's, it's the cost of experiencing the victory that's found in him. These battles are inevitable. You, ne- you don't live so close to Jesus that the battles cease. They are, the dividing lines are clearly marked. The enemy is ruthless, relentless. The casualties are real. But the conquerors will be revealed and the reward will be issued and the results are irreversible. All right, I'm going to be as honest with you as I know how to be today. When I get down, does anybody else think to old familiar sins and old familiar lusts? Whatever yours, you know, wouldn't that be like self-medication of some kind? Okay. There's a part of me that when my spirituality remains, my fatherhood comes to the surface and says... Your babies only know what a free man is by you being in freedom. No locked closets. No secret passwords. No, no excuses. No, you know, for me, and I know that life's more than smoking and drinking, but no smoking on the back porch and putting it out when my kids come, you know, and throw them in like no one knows now. Uh, yeah, no, no more of that. Now, not perfect by no means, but no excuses. We are creating a legacy, a legacy by the freedom in Christ that we have. I don't want my kids to be impressed with me. I want them to learn of God by me. So my daddy was as flawed as anybody. And when he was, I always tell him when I'm being a butt. I know some of y'all don't say butt, sorry. But I'll say, I'll tell my kids to come in. I'll tell Kelly, come in. I said, listen, daddy was a butt today, wasn't he? And they're like, yeah, you was. You was a butt. You know. I said, and, I'm, and I'll ask them individually, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? So will you pray for me? And I'll kneel in front of them. And pray. I said, will you pray for me? You know, Elisha said, God, help daddy not to be a butt. You know, just have him, you know, they'll pray for me. So I want you to see, it's not about impressing anyone, but I want them to see a freedom in repentance, a freedom in uh, not doing the things we used to do. We're modeling it. We're, we're giving testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Okay. But the evidence of revelation is victory. Do you have victory in that? Whatever that is, is that me and God are good. The results are irreversible. If my t- children think God's a if and or, maybe sometimes, those, reversals, those results will be irreversible. I've already told them about my daddy, Daddy Roger, who was born in an alcoholic family and his parents were physically abusive and beat him with dog chains when he was a little boy. And my daddy surrendered his life to Jesus Christ and changed the trajectory of the wood name this way. See? Uh, he, he, was, he was flawed, but he said, not in this house. Now, y'all might think this is silly. Uh, young people have no idea what this is about. Y'all remember the tube televisions? I don't care if they were on for two days. If you cut them off, you're nine minutes, eight minutes waiting for them to come on. My dad had a rule that if alcohol or cigarettes commercial came on, cut it off. You know, Do you know what this means? You cut it off. You missed 10 minutes of Lassie. Lassie got 30 minutes. You done missed 10. 
cut it off. And I remember like yesterday, can't we just turn it down? Daddy, what if I just get in front of it and block it? Turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Why? He would say, not in this house. Now, that doesn't mean that's the standard. And you suppose, what I'm telling you is I learned as a little boy, he was doing all he could to say, not on my shift, not in this house. You won't be bound by what my family was bound by. You see? Victory. All right, very quickly. Almost done. All of us have lost battles. But these defeats can never be laid at the feet of God. We are defeated when we make allowance for sin. Or excuses. I'm trying to quit. How are you doing with that sin? Yeah, I'm trying to quit. You know what that means? I'm still doing it. When someone says, I'm trying to quit. How are you doing with it? I'm, I, yeah, I'm trying to quit. Me, me and the Lord are working on it. Well, is he building up any momentum? How's he doing? He's, is he still struggling? See, when you make it human, it's either laugh or cry, right? I'm, I'm trying. No, you're still doing it. We're defeated when we ignore or disobey the leading of the Holy Spirit. We are defeated when we do not diligently guard and garden our heart. Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. No infection, no impurity, no ought, no unbelief, no unforgiveness. You guard your heart. Others cannot do it for you, and God will not do it for you. You guard your heart. We are defeated when we have unproven armor. Nothing less than Jesus Christ. He's the armor. He's the armor of the Christian. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are defeated when our sword, the word of God, is dull or abandoned. The word of God is the only weapon that you have in the armor of God. The sword of the spirit. You got to know what God says. You got to know what God says. So that you can wield the sword, blocking the attacks of the enemy and wielding the sword. Brooke, if you would come, please. We're defeated when we live in presumption. I know what's best. I know what to do. When we're proud or self-confident or we trust in other men. Stop thinking that it's a badge of honor to act like you have it together. That might be pride disguised as spirituality. I want to go on record and tell you again that I am. I have no confidence in John Wood to govern, lead, or direct my family. Every mess in my life I created. But I have every confidence that if I'm led by the Spirit of God, I will manifest the nature of the sons of God. And if I follow Him and obey Him, then victory is mine and it will show up in my life. We're defeated when we stop fighting. We've made a truce with the world or the enemy. When we compromise, when we're cowardly or fatigued or when we rationalize. And I just felt in my heart this morning if I preach this word to you today, that there be some, your heart is right, but your flesh is just worn out. And you have every reason to lay down and quit. But there's one reason to keep going. Your adversary, the devil, is about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Stand up. Take the sword of the Spirit. Stand in front of your wife and babies or your husband and your baby. Say, not in my house. Not today. There'll be a day to rest. Oh, I don't know who that's for. There's a day of rest coming. And we're going to lay our burdens down at the feet of Jesus. 
There will be no more tolling or war, and the king will be manifested in all his glory. You got to fight, man. Because night cometh when no man can work. Fight while it's day. Work while it's day. Have you driven out the enemies that stand between you and Canaan? Do you have victory over your besetting sin? Are you chasing the devil or is he chasing you? There are hidden victories of the soul. This is the last thing I'll share with you this morning. We know what victory looks like on the outside. David killing Goliath. We know what that looks like. When God sends fire from heaven and there's a victory. But there are hidden victories of the soul. Where Paul and Silas are in prison. But they're still singing. They have the victory. When Job is in an ash heap. And he's taking broken pots. And he's lancing himself so the infection can run out. And the dogs are licking at his knees. And he said, I don't understand. But the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's victory. Before the circumstance changes, Daniel opening up his windows knowing that he could be put to death and praying at noon just like he always did. That's the victory. The three Hebrew boys at Nebuchadnezzar's fire, when all the, the, the prisoners of Israel were bowing their knees to their knee when the music played at the statue of Nebuchadnezzar in the valley of Durham they said not today the king said if you don't bow you'll burn they said no king if we bow we will burn and I'd rather die in your furnace today than kneel before you today I got the victory see you can't you, when someone has the victory they can't reach inside of you and take it you're willing to stand you're willing to be alienated you're willing to do without, to be misunderstood, maligned, because you have the victory of Christ pulsing in your chest. Like John the Baptist in prison, like Paul about to be beheaded, and Peter at the point of crucifixion, they said, deny the Lord. And he said, I will never do it. And they took his hand and they nailed. Oh, you want to be like Jesus? You want to be like Jesus? You want to be like Jesus? And they nailed his feet. And as they got ready to crucify him, he said, Would you do me one courtesy and flip me upside down? Because I'm not worthy to die like Jesus. So they spun him upside down and slammed him in the ground. He had the victory. This victory is not given to a select few. I don't have more access to it than you do. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. No, no weapon formed against you can prosper if you're in Jesus. God has the last say through Jesus. The world will be judged by Jesus. For those of you who are maligned and misunderstood by family, and they say A and B and C and D, and you're not spending your life going to prove to them that A, B, C, and D is wrong, and you just wait on Jesus to validate and Jesus to vindicate. So, Pastor John, what are you saying? Put it in one statement for us. The victory is yours. When you see that, when you see it's yours in Christ, you say, I can now do, endure, 
and navigate all things through Christ that strengthens me. I want to say publicly my belief system. Everything in my life that's come against me and that I've caused in Christ, I can still overcome. I can do it. He's just that strong. He's just that good. He's just that faithful. <laughs> He's just that glorious. Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. Sometimes when I pray, I say, Lord, just flex, just show them. You know how them bodybuilders do their poses? I say, Lord, give them just a flex, just a, and they go, oh, okay. Y'all stand with me this morning. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I ever be afraid? If you believe that God is with you every moment of every day, what would you ever be afraid of? Our problem is not our problem. Our problem is we don't have the victory. But you can obtain it in one sincere surrender to the Lord and says, I won't settle for anything less than your victory in my life. And there's no taste like it, is the preacher? There's no taste like it. So they say, how you doing, man? Man, I got the victory. You got it? Yeah. Has that problem worked out? Oh, no, I'm still fighting devils everywhere, but I, I got it, I'm good. I can tell you do have it. Church in this last hour, Please don't see the world more clearly than you see Jesus. Because he is our victory. Pastor Wade, would you come pray for us? Can we lift our heads up? To the hills? For whence cometh our help? Father, thank you for the victory that it's not rescued or sealed in our hands or our ability, but it is settled in the work of Christ and who Christ is. God, thank you that you would sharpen our faith this morning, that you would strengthen our backs, that you would lift up our shields today, God, as we go forth to walk in victory. God, that our eyes will be lifted up, our heads will be lifted up, not navel gazing, but heaven gazing. Lord, that we would look to you, that we would go with you this week. Lord, we ask that we would go in victory, in your victory. God, well, where we have been weak, let us fall in your arms to be strong. God, where we have been broken, make us whole. God, where we are not enough, be our provision, because we are not alone. We sang it this morning, we are not alone, for you are our shepherd, and you lead us into good pastures. And we praise you today for it. God, be with us this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not having tonight. We're going to start on September 12th. So that's uh, not in two weeks. So we'll be starting again on a Sunday night up there in the grill. So we'll invite you either to be present with us or on Facebook. Love you guys.